Hello and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings and welcome to Lave Radio. Greetings, Commanders. Greetings, Commanders. A show that talks about the universe of Elite and the development of the computer game Elite 4, known as Elite Dangerous. And the fantastic community that surrounds it. A place of nonsense and innuendo for forum dads. A self-contained podcast two hours long. Transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. It's even louder than me. The hottest show this side of Dizzo. The name of the place. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. Lave Radio. to episode 437 of Lave Radio, the show about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I am your host, Commander Psykit, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode are our Head of Health and Safety, um, Commander Adel Weiss, otherwise known as Ben Moss Woodbridge. I'm first! I feel special! Well, like, uh, I'm just reading it down the line because I went to read the number of the show and it's not there. So I almost, I almost read, welcome to episode hashtag of Late Radio and I, I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> and we're professional as ever. I know, right? We also have our Banksy stunt driver, um, Commander Alec Turner. Hello, hello. I apologise in advance for any chomping sounds, but I've been munching on the most delicious nuts. Wow, great start, excellent, wonderful. <laughs> and we also, you may have noticed that we do not have a Colin this week um, in the fact that I am I am doing voicey type things. Um, Colin um, it, it isn't with us this week. We love you, Colin. We hope to see you back very, very soon. Um, but we do have with us, um, so good that we have to invite him back, um, the absolutely fantastic Chris Mark Four. Hello, thank you for having me back. And uh, Alec, apologies for eyeing up your nuts. <laughs> Get your hands off them. I will resist. Okay. <laughs> if you um, if you do wish, you can join us live. We are hanging out in game in um, at Lave Station. Is that where where you are, Ben? That's just where we are at the moment, I. Okay, okay, cool. I don't think, just FYI, I don't think that we have any of your imagery on the stream at the moment, so might be worth looking at sorting that out. Cheers, bud. Um, if you can't get in-game, though, you can also join the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live, clicking on live chat and on twitch.tv slash laveradio. There are other places as well. You can find them on our website. Um, 
Hi, folks. Shall we find out what everybody's been up to in the last two weeks? It's very good to be back, but I want to know what you're up, what you've been up to. Let's start with actually Ben's doing something. Let's start with Alec. I'm not doing anything. So you were sorting out your stream. No, I don't have to do that. That's something that Picnic's got to do. Let's start with Alec anyway. I'm starting right. with Alec. I don't mind. I can't remember what I did two weeks ago. We didn't have a show. <laughs> I did some stuff on a Tuesday night that I don't normally do, but I can't remember what it was. Uh, this week, I have had a few family meals, which has been nice. I haven't seen my sister for ages, so I went out to hers for coffee. And then uh, my stepbrother had a, uh, a, a round-numbered birthday that shall not be mentioned. Um, but we all had a very nice meal. And we're now redecorating our son's bedroom, which means we're stripping wallpaper and painting skirting boards. You know those little bloody strips of wood with thousands of spikes in them that hold carpets down? My fingers are in shreds. I just want to let people know. And not only that, but um, last week, and you're not going to believe this, but it's it's the literal truth. I shattered my tooth on a seedless grape. You wouldn't think such a Ow. thing was possible. How? I don't know. I just pinched a seedless grape from the fridge, popped it in, had a little chew, and then I thought, I'm sure this isn't supposed to be crunchy, and most of my tooth was in my mouth. Bloody Ouch. hell. Yeah. Weird, huh? Dentist on Thursday. Looking forward to that. Mm. Not at all. Um, In-game, in-game, of course, it has been non-stop Buckyball all week. Uh, And when Buckyball was over, I decided I'd better plan my own race, which is next month. But we'll probably talk more about that. We'll definitely definitely talk a bit more about that a a little later. Um, Ben, what have you been up to the last two weeks? So past couple of weeks, I've had... So we had Easter weekend. Uh, so Easter weekend on the Saturday, I went up to Manchester to to do a another Space Games um, community meet thing. So that, that was a lot of fun, doing the attending the Bar Citizen in Manchester. Uh, it was good. It was impressive, actually. It was, it was incredibly casual. I mean, way more casual than even ECM is. It was just like... You know, show up at this bar and we'll take over a par- portion of it nominally, but other people may or may not inv- invade our space, or we may just scare other people away. It's up to it's kind of depends on the time of day and what what we're doing. Um, but there's a good there's about fifty developers apparently in attendance from CIG. Um, I only recognised none of them. The only person I recognised, you know, the other way I knew anybody was in CIG was basically because they had a Star Citizen jacket on that staff members get. Um, but I did, you know, I got talking with a bunch of the devs, and they were, you know, as you'd expect, they were absolutely lovely, incredibly passionate about the game. Um, I did score some loot. I got a couple of stickers and a pin badge. No. Nice. Um, I did make a couple of, you know, just casual fun contacts with their community team. Um, just basically, you know, hi. Um uh made made some new friends and that's you know, and and had some had some pleasant beers. Nice. Um that that was a lot of fun. Then I then I had extreme difficulties on the way home where my two hour direct train turned into a four hour roundabout train that basically took me on a tour of England. Love that for you. Oh, it was absolutely, it was amazing. That was great fun. More um, exciting that way. If you, if you don't know where you're going and how you're getting there, you know, it adds a bit more fun. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, as as Windpipe is saying, it was at the Oast House, Oast House in Manchester, and yeah, the Oast House was a nice place. I did get bloody scared at six pounds a pint. Ooh. Yeah, I was like, holy, yeah. London uh, prices. I, oh, I was going to say that's yeah, that prices. It's, it's more than you know. That's more than London prices, and it's in Manchester for God's sake. But I, I, I don't know what it is about Manchester. I, I've, yeah, I've found Manchester is scary pricey to to find a hotel in, and certainly the Oast House is scary pricey for wanting a drink. Um, so apart from that, I've also done. Oh, I got my all three of my Guardians ship launch fighters, um, mostly because I, I I've done my Guardians stuff that I wanted, uh, but I was like, you know what? I really do think that Guardians SLFs are fun, so I went off and and I did that and managed to keep most of my sanity getting the Epsilon data by finding a place that had two or three of the the pylons that you have to scan, and then scan, look left. Look right, log out, log in, look left, look out, look right, and repeat. Um, gameplay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I did that gameplay for a good couple of hours, but that got me enough of my Epsilon data, so that was all right. Um, I got X4 recently in the 50% or 70% off sale. Uh, so I've been playing a little bit of that and trying to figure out how the hell I play this damn game and getting very confused. Um, I did manage to get my binding set up so I could fly my fighter like a like I can properly in Elite. Uh, apparently, it's got VR, and I want to try that because the whole reason I got X4 is a couple of people told me there were some really good Star Wars mods for it, and holy shit! Like there's you know, there's a Star Wars mod for it that's got about hundred odd bloody ships, you know, all the way from like an A wing up to. Uh, uh, Star Destroyer. You know, it's it's got a ridiculously large amount of ships. So, yeah, you know, like I wanted to to see about getting into that. And when I saw it was fifty percent off, that seemed like a, an absolutely great idea. Um, what else have we been up to? I, I saw Mario um, and I saw Dungeons and Dragons. Both very very good fun movies as well. Awesome, awesome, cool. Chris Montfort, what have you been up to? Um, do, do you know what? It, it's been a busy couple of weeks for work, which has been very, 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 very boring. But and I'm very, very tired from that. But lots and lots of fun stuff outside of that as well that I've managed to squeeze in. Um, uh, I haven't been to see uh, Mario yet. I really, really want to do that, but I've not done that yet. I did go and see uh, Superman for its 45th anniversary. They've done a sort of little re-release and had it on. I saw screen, that. I was so, so tempted. The very first yeah. one. Yeah, uh, yes, this is the first one. Wow. I was so tempted to. If I'd been free, I wanted to see that, but I was not free. Yeah, a friend spotted it was on and invited me, and I was like, do you know what? Yes, because I've never seen that on the big screen. So, mm. yeah, really, really enjoyed going off and doing that. Um, it was also my sister's birthday this weekend, so we were out for a nice meal for that. Uh, Sunday was my usual talking nonsense and playing records in between on the radio. And then I went off uh, into town, went to a little venue called uh, Sneaky Pete's, um, where there was a band on that I'd spoken to a couple of weeks ago. So got to see them play live and do a little set uh, there. And then that, that was pretty much it. Back back to work and back to back to everything else, really. Hey, hey, Chris, really quick question. Um, <laughs> when you spoke to that band, where was it that you spoke to them? 
I spoke to them on the radio. I spoke on to them radio, on the radio. Yeah. Um, so they came in. They came into the show. Um, so um, on uh, Sunday on Black Diamond FM, I do a little show. If you want to hear the interview, you can go to blackdiamondfm.com and you can see the the interview and all the sort of stuff on there. Um, but yeah, check them out. The band are called Canongate. They're a local Midlovian band, um, and they are just starting out. And I think they've got some cool tunes. So yeah, you can you Incredible. can have a little check them out. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, go and listen to Chris on his radio show. It's really good. Oh, and in game, uh, which we're we're supposed to yeah. talk about, and I I completely forgot. I have done naff all in game. <laughs> I wanted to do buckyball last week, and I completely ran out of time. So unfortunately, I have been absolutely rubbish in game this week. That's fair. Okay, fair enough. Next month. Right. Next month. <laughs> next month. Do more. Hello. Um. I. Uh. Hi. What have I been up to? Um. Oh gosh. I had. I had my sister and her other half. We. They came up. Um, for like the bank holiday weekend over Easter, it was very lovely. It was lush. We um, hung out and did things and had beers and played silly board game. Well, not silly board games. We played board games. She got very angry with me over a particular game, and it's a it's a moment that I will relish relish with my entire heart. Um, yeah, just like lots of lots of chill, relaxed times, which was very, very much needed. You were bad. Um, and then we did. What have I done in game? Um, in game, I've done a lot of buckyball. Um, we've done uh, a little bit of. There's been a little bit of an Operation Witch Hunt resurgence because of you know stuff. Um, yeah, a little bit of Operation Witch Hunt resurgence, but um, aside from uh, aside from that, just a lot of a lot of buckyball, um, a lot of I've been I've I've shown I've shown Chris Mott for a couple of these, but I've been doing doing a lot of teaching myself After Effects because that's been really fun to 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 mess about with. Not quite ready to show everything what I've been doing so far, but um, it's been very fun learning a new skill along those kind of lines. Um, anything else that I've been up to this weekend or like over the last couple of weeks? Mostly just, mostly just going on some walks and enjoying when the weather has been nice, having, having some outside beer gardening kind of time, you know, the, the kind of stuff you do when the weather begins to get a bit nice and you have a dog that gets a little bit stir crazy if he's been in the house all the time. Um, yeah, but that's, that's that's about it. Um, in which case, shall we find out what the devs have said this week or last week? Yeah, yeah. Um, not not a lot. Again, and we've got a little bit of news this um, over the last two weeks. Um, it is with a very very heavy heart that exclamation point Bruce is no longer going to be working on Elite Dangerous. He's still working on Frontier. But I think he's they've had a bit of a shift around with their um with their teams, with their um community management teams, and um it means Bruce has moved over to go and work on F1, I believe, and a couple of other games as well around and I think the Great War as well. But we still have Sally and Paul and Arthur, and maybe more people. Who knows? There might be someone else around the corner. Maybe. Yeah, it'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Because Paul doesn't really do 
live streams. So live streams would have to be Arthur and Sally every week. Yeah, it's my it's it's my understanding that Paul's pretty remote in comparison to the rest of them. Right. Okay. So um like he's predominantly remote. So it might be it might be like there might be someone else like on the not too not too distant not too distant horizon. Speaking as a fellow tech, I, I think this is the time for Adam to just suddenly emerge. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Speaking as someone who's spoken to Adam about that very thing, I, I absolutely not. No, it's not happening. Um, but we do have news that um, episode 29 of Friendshift Live is coming this Thursday at 4pm. And it is Arthur, Sally and special developer guest, designer Curtis Griffiths, who is the resident Xeno expert. And be- I believe on the post on just like the main Frontier forums, it was, um, Jens had written that it was, there was maybe going to be a look at update 15. That's right, wasn't it, Alec? Yeah, it did. Maybe, yeah. And yeah, there was like a classic frontier kind of, and maybe we'll reveal something new about update 15 or something along those lines. Can you imagine? Get, they're not going to. Uh, keep your expectations low. <laughs> yeah. Am I right in thinking we haven't seen Curtis Griffiths before? We haven't seen Curtis before. Now, um, myself and Little Big Yim might have looked him up on LinkedIn. Because we do these things. And on on LinkedIn, it says that he he's he's another one of these really, really young humans who is good at things. But he also really Yeah, he also really, really likes um Warhammer and Dungeons and Dragons. So an instant win for me without a problem. Brilliant. All the dungeon mastering of the uh, of the current gal that all makes sense now. I wonder if I wonder if Hennessy really likes Dungeons and Dragons. Um, that's a complete offshoot, but yeah, looking forward to that on Wednesday. Looking forward to hopefully, maybe. What are we? What are we now? We're, what do you think we might get an update date? Ooh. When is Ooh, it? It's May. They, all they've said is May. Is all they've they? said is May. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we might we might get our it's the later half of May. Like we might get, we might get closer to that. I don't know if they'll give us an exact date yet, will they? But they'll, they oh, might do the. Days, uh, they can give themselves some wiggle room still. Yeah, we yeah. might get an Arthur going, yeah, yeah, mate, end of May. <laughs> end, end of May, May. May. May has many days in it. It'll be yeah. one of those. <laughs> It'll one of be one of those. May. Um, I'm, still, I'm still putting all bets on the 30th. 100%. It's all bets are going to be on the 30th. Um, but yeah, that's that's it for Deaf News. Um, again, quiet fortnight for Deaf News, but I assume we're just going to rest on knowing that they're hard at work on Update 15. Indeed, I mean, and nothing from um, 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 that's so annoying. I've blanked. Discovery scanner. Yes. Yeah, no discovery scanners. Yeah, that ship has sailed. I think so. Time. Well, Sally did kind of say she might. I know. It's just I'm, ju- I'm just disappointed about it. Yeah. I'm. I will allow myself to be slightly disappointed about that being <laughs> being not a thing for now. Um. So let's move on then to the in-game um, events and what's happened this week. Oh well, over the last two weeks. On the 5th of April, um, we had um, Vice President Jerome Archer um, was nominated by the Republican Party as its candidate in the upcoming federal election. Um, is that is that like Hudson's replacement then? Oh, it's yeah. like the continuity candidate, isn't it? It's like someone else that's in his circle, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he, he's police... 
uh, policeman, I want to go off and look at everything kind of person, isn't he? President Hudson's excellent legacy regarding anti-Xeno operations will continue under my leadership. Oh, so he's literally, it's like um, he, he's the leader of the party that is currently in charge, but because Hudson can't have a, have a third term, it's got to be someone else. This is the kind of thing, yeah? So he's Hudson's puppet. Cool. Cool. Okay, good to know. Um, and then on the 6th of April, corporate battle erupts in Tavji system, which we talked about, and we t I believe we talked about predicting it on the... Um, the other week. The other the other week, saying that there was probably going to be an Empire-Fed situation going on. And sure enough, on the Thursday, Empire and Fed went against each other um, because there's not enough war in the galaxy, apparently. Um, the Empire and the Federation started getting really angry at each other. Um, then on the 10th of April, they started talking about utopia and I heard my sister shout vindication from over here. Um, the, the, there were questions about a connection between the Nemesis Failsafe and Utopia Sim Archive, um, which is great that they remembered that that existed. Awesome. We then also had... Um, this um because uh, there's another galnet coming up on this as well this this yeah. um salvation sim archive thing both of the galnet stories the second one more so have basically been saying nah it's nothing to do with that it's a nice bit of storytelling i just wondered whether this was frontier's way of sort of speaking to us the players and going oh in case you were thinking it's anything to do with that it's not <laughs> I like part of me, part of me, and I, I've I've had this conversation with quite a few people. But part of me was thinking, it's the impression that I got. It was that Frontier went, oh shit, the Utopia project exists, and somebody wrote about that a little while ago. We need to address the fact that it's not the same. Yeah, yeah, that, that, I got that's that. the thing. I, more, more of like, more not like a, um, not like a oh. You, you might think it's that, but it's not that. Um, it, more of a, a kind of thing, oh, shit, we totally forgot that that was um, also <laughs> in the game and also a way to get it. So. Yeah, so an opportunity to get some lore in there about how they've scrutinised the technology and it's got yeah. no Guardian trace particles. And, yeah, yeah, it does feel a bit like that, doesn't it? Yeah. Because it, it, it's not going anywhere. They're, they're, they're absolutely saying it's not that. So I think that's the end of that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think it's quite kind of... Um, I, I like the fact that I like the fact that they sort of did it in a direct response to the people going, "Oh, yeah, absolutely, it is. It, it could have relations to Utopia." I'm just personally glad that they mentioned it and that they have they brought these couple of articles out saying yeah, right. saying there's there's no connection because I don't know if you've noticed, but the elite community tends to get a little tiny bit tinfoily about things like this. <laughs> it's great stuff, cool? though. It's really good writing. I really yeah, yeah, like yeah. The writing on these two articles, actually. So, I mean, do we do we believe them when they say there's no 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 similarities uh, and things? I think I do. Yeah, I would agree. I would be tempted to agree on that. That I I do, especially because especially on the um, on the next one, the next um, article um, where we'll get to it. Give me a second. In the meantime. Kane Massey was victorious in the corporate conflict on the 13th of April that came out. That said, at the time, we got both Galnet articles came out at the, on the same day. So <laughs> it was 
it was kind of I, I, it's not there anymore it was um auto, it was taken away um but it was it was really really nice for, for, for like a personal point of view it was really nice to see both angles and see what the the references that they were making in both angles cuz with each win the person responsible was was supposed to have been taken into custody, but one was taken into custody by the feds and one was taken into custody by the Empire. So it was just a really interesting, sort of like a peek behind the curtain about a world that could have been. Um, They didn't mention... They don't mention his name. Right. Okay. So So it is the kind of classic D&D thing, really. Well, I say, like, I know what the hell that is because I've never (laughs) played it. But um, (laughs) of um, basically giving a sort of illusion of choice but really steering the players towards the same result but maybe with mm-hmm. different name tags on it but the gameplay is the same yeah yeah it's yeah. It's, that, it's that thing that we said before like um when we were talking about it being a it's stopping a whole gun being in development if one thing goes a different way all yeah. it does is it stops the, the that particular label or that company name being on the gun it just changes the decal rather than changes the whole thing which is cool yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool peek behind the curtain, and also hilarious because it's not the first time that things have been posted to Garner that aren't <laughs> expected, or have maybe been a little premature, shall we say? Novice. Um, that's a really, really, really scientific cough that I've got going on. Um, then on the seventeenth of April, we had Aegis reporting in Utopia's Sim Archive, which is again what we've just been talking about. Um. Uh, just talking about the results of the delegation from Aegis visiting Utopia um, and talking to Simkoru Antal. It's so funny. I find it so, so funny. Um, but they fully ana- um, analyzed. That doesn't feel Analyzed? Like- analyzed, Jesus. I knew that didn't seem right. <laughs> um, oh my God. But they were. What if I, I knew them? I know, right? I read analysis and went analysized. That's got to be the word. Um, so there's a line in here that says further, sc- further scrutiny by Aegis specialists confirmed that the Nemesis Railway Safe relies heavily on Guardian technology, much of which remains a mystery. So how my question to that is exactly how much about this Nemesis Railway Safe do they actually have? Because when um Oh, not what's his name? Tanner. When Tanner was looking at the um at the information that um was so sent, he went, Oh, there's not really a lot to go on here. Yeah, so yeah, so they don't and know. Much. But now they're like, we're confirming that this relies heavily on Guardian technology and it's just mm. Well, that's, yeah, but there's not much detail in that, is there? Yeah. All they know is, and that's all they were looking for, is traces of, I can't remember, there was a phrase somewhere, but traces of Guardian something. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're absolutely right. Were they looking um, for really blue like squiggly things? Sorry, Ben, go. Were they looking for blue squiggly things? Yeah, triangles, blue triangles. Yeah. <laughs> if there's no triangle. triangles on it, then it's absolutely not Absolutely not. It just, it just needs to be blue, that's all. <laughs> I love the phrase... Um, some of the writing in this, like the Sim Archive, is designed to preserve human thought, not extract it from living minds. I just think it's somebody's really thought about this and, and written a terrific backstory. And the whole yeah. idea of somebody experiencing what was it a day in the life of somebody else just mm-hmm. to test it is kind of cool. Yeah, it's yeah. days. Yeah, I feel. I feel like. Um, I feel like what they did, if it is, 
If it is as I as I expect, like uh, oh shit, Utopia exists. We need to um, like clarify that it's not Utopia and this is a brand new um, a brand new piece of technology because Anto isn't that bad kind of thing. Isn't isn't sat on that. Um, isn't palling himself up with salvation because that might be a a difficult <laughs> a difficult pill to swallow for the Antel fans and the, all those kind of things. Um, but what they've written is really good, <laughs> it's, and it gives it real depth to the whole thing. I really like it. I'm, I'm with you on it, Alec. It's the writing's been terrific. I've said this before. I think in the last you know six months plus, the writing in uh, Galnet has been fantastic. Yeah. There's been some great stories in there. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's really well written as well. It's good. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. And it's good. They make for really good talking points as well. Um, They're they're good conversation starters. And who am I to argue with a conversation starter? Sorry, I'm just chuckling at at chat and the different names for this. (laughs) Guardian Salvation. I love little Biggins. Salvatron. Salvatron is my favourite of all of them. That's uh, not the first time that I've heard him say not, that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, and then today we had, in what can only be, be described as a full Hufflepuff move, Alliance urges restraint between the superpowers. Alliance went, hey guys, remember how we exist? Can you be nice to each other, please? Bless Basically. them for just standing in between in between the two parties and going, no, no, listen, listen, guys, just just chill out for a bit. Calm <laughs> down, calm down. Lads, do you mind? <laughs> They're not worth it. They're not worth it. <laughs> Somebody holding them back. It's the, um, <laughs> it's the two women and the cat. And I can't, I can't decide which one is the cat. <laughs> oh, my God. But I, I just thought it was funny. Um, like, even reading it out, I was like, another, another attempt from the Alliance to go, hey, guys, remember that we exist? Always a, a bonus in my book. <laughs> I was reminded. I posted this on Twitter, but I was reminded of the of the just the fantastic scene from um, uh, Kubrick's film, whose name escapes me. Where, where the Peter Sellers character goes, "Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room." <laughs> <laughs> that sounds perfect. Um, anyone got? We've we've talked about the in-game events pretty pretty well this week. Is there anyone got anything else that they wish to add about them? Other than the fact that they've written really well, because we've also discussed that. Cool. Really? No, I suppose not quite sure where it's going. It seems. Um... Do you, do we think mm, I'm going to sit on power play again here and say, is it kind of like an allegory of it all being for naught when the Thargoids just like ramp it all up and wipe everyone out? All mm. of this infighting is actually actually you should that, that alliance are kind of right. You should just be nice. Be a, I mean, be a bit kind of. Def- definitely should be nice. I mean, I'm I'm still on what I said the other week, which is all the all the political stuff is just going to leave us on a very unstable footing. Whatever comes next, mm-hmm. you know, not only have you got a, a Fargoid war going on over one side, you've got the potential of Salvatron and <laughs> emerging somewhere. Plus, plus the superpowers having a go at each other with the alliance in the middle trying to to separate the two sides. So, yeah, I, I think it's just leaving everything on, you know. A bit wobbly, so uh, so that uh, all the coordinations high. is not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. That's a um, an interesting way to look at it. Like uh, no, nowhere, nowhere's happy. Everywhere's a bit full at the moment. Mm. Yeah, and nobody's got our backs. You know, we're not safe because these guys are not in con- in control of the situation. Yeah, interesting. 
Okay, well, I think then it is that time of the week again. Score alert! saying um just while the music was playing you said uh, these really interesting heraldry style skins yeah, what, what they, do you they think really remind me of flags that like jousting knights would have carried they're, mm. they're really different frilly i really like the clipper ones i suppose they work so well on the crate because it almost looks like a flag as well you know what i mean so yeah they're just oh, wow. they're just really interesting in like Really bright for one. We don't get that. It's very. It's rare that we get something that's many, many colours all at the same time. That 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 is in sort of these. They're not all primary colours, but they're in sort of like they just. I just really like them. It's it's different to get them with that sort of pattern on it. You know, with the the heraldry. You know, the the lions rampant mm. sort of stuff going on on the side of them and and all that. That is what sort of sets them apart a little bit. And I sort of praise them for, for doing that because, you know, for so long it's been like, oh, they're just sort of different patterns of the same thing or whatnot. And these these yeah. are genuinely quite different. Now, my yeah. question my question to you guys would be, and Ventura um, mentioned, has just mentioned it, and also I just got a DM from Katie about um, mentioning exactly the same thing at exactly the same time. I got a lot of beeps in my ears, but um, could there be something to do with um, the coronation Ooh, being... I mean like a little bit more regal that kind of thing would they go there they might that's a good question is it something to do with that i would, I would I... love to know what inspired it because it's a bit not off the wall off the wall's the wrong thing to use it's not very sort of science fiction heraldry like that is it so yeah. I, w- I would like to know where the sort of inspiration of oh do you know what i'm going to do i've, I've made this <laughs> bloody love it though actually yeah. i really do I feel like there's, I'm sure there has been. I feel like, you know, sometimes you get um, science fiction crossovers in cinema and stuff, so you get cowboys and aliens and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel, I feel like we're missing one here, which could really work, which is like the idea of all the sort of knights knights of old and chivalry versus mashed with science fiction. I think that could really work. Some kind of, I, I mean, that is the that's the Dungeons and Dragons fantasy that I would live for. Like actually match up my Dungeons and Dragons and my Elite Dangerous universe. That would I mean I'm here for it. I'm genuinely here for it. But oh, okay. Wintermute saying there's a lot of heraldry in 40k. Fair enough. I didn't. Mm. I suppose so. I like it. Good. I like it. I do like. I them. mean that I... makes sense. But I I do now want like a proper suit of armor suit. Oh my you know, god! If yes, if please. If, 
if they're if they're going down the heraldry uh, sort of route, I I want jousting weapons plus <laughs> a suit of armor. Thank you. <laughs> this is my there's a, <laughs> my pointy stick, please. Yes. There's an NPC, isn't there, at settlements who's got like a white sort of hockey mask sort of thing that everybody wants, but we don't have access to. But you could very easily tinker with that a bit to make it look a bit suit of armorish. Oh, that's true. With the sci-fi twist, you know, I like it. Well, you, you know, because you kind of have the face, the visor that comes down anyway, so you could do a, a, a tweak on that. Sorry, I know I'm doing it again. I'm, I'm giving people work again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ben? Make my show business demands. I'm not happy with what I got. I want more. <laughs> ben, what, what does that mean? I just think, I mean, these things are absolutely glorious, but there's no way in hell I would actually want to put any of these onto my ships. Why? Because whilst they are, I think that they're technically glorious, but I think they're absolutely fucking ghastly, actually. Really? <laughs> oh, I, 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 no, I, I think they are, they are a hell of a challenge. They are incredibly brave. And my God, they're ugly. Oh, I'm going to get one now just to annoy Ben. I think they're amazing. Yeah, 100%. Let's all get one. God, <laughs> you know, that is worth it. If this generates sales for Frontier, then because they are such technical awesomeness, I am behind that. But, oh, God, no. Oh, I love them. I, think, I just think they're so different, and I want. I do genuinely do want the full night, um, night cosplay. Yes, please. Thank you. That will do. Um, I think what we'll do is we'll take a little break now, and then... We will come back with our main discussion. Have you been affected by Azimuth Biotech's provocation of the Fargoid Menace? At Turner & Fig, we're ready to pursue claims against Azimuth Biotech as part of our class action lawsuit. My son has started worshipping a Thargoid god who keeps bringing home human sacrifices. Am I entitled to compensation? Yes, you are. My daughter was aboard the Bright Sentinel. I keep calling Azimuth to find out where she is, but I always get their voicemail. Thank you for calling Azimuth Biotech. We're sorry, but... Salvation. ...is not available. Please leave your message after the tone. Am I entitled to compensation? Yes, you are. I was selling escape pod occupants into slavery, but now Thargoids keep taking the escape pods instead. Am I entitled to compensation? I suppose so. Thousands, maybe millions of people are due compensation from Azimuth Biotech. Contact us today. Turner and Fig, cleaning out Azimuth Biotech for a huge portion of your compensation. In-system travel? Sometimes it takes so long. I have chills for all kinds of circumstances on my ship. But the one thing I don't have a tool for is uneven tan lines. I just want to look like a million credits. But when you're living for days on a ship with processed and filtered air, it really dries out your skin. I use Betterhoe Goldening Tan Cream. It just boosts your confidence. I don't believe that beauty is only skin deep, but now I really do look like a million credits. Even my friends mistook me for a genuine gold skin. Jameson and Jameson. Upgrades and services for your body. 
We all know what it's like. You're busy managing your settlement when suddenly the alarms go off. Oh no, not again. That's right, a commander with a Federation naval rank of Admiral, an Imperial King no less, has landed in a ship worth over a hundred million credits and is killing all your staff, while they look around for a 10 credit adhesive to glue an upgraded scope to their 100,000 credit assault rifle. They fly away with their super glue and you're left with a problem. How are you going to get your agricultural plant back up and running? How am I going to get my plant up and running? How are you going to find staff at short notice? How am I going to find staff at short notice? How are you going to deal with all those bodies? There's bodies everywhere. And they've stained the carpet. Wonder no longer. Call Ari's Crime Scene Cleanup Services. Hello, I'm Harry. Clary's mine. After a sudden increase in robberies and murders by commanders, since 3307, I've gained valuable expertise in cleaning up bodies, recruiting new staff, and restocking stationary lockers. Now you can benefit from my experience by signing up to our Crime Scene Cleanup Service subscription plan. That's right. For only a small monthly fee, when your settlement alarms are activated, our rapid response cleanup crew will be dispatched, along with our patented Cadaver Scoop 150. The Cadaver Scoop 150 can be mounted to surface reconnaissance vehicles and skimmers to make tidying up your settlement a breeze. Wow, the bodies are gone. Our recruitment team has potential new employees on standby across the galaxy, ready to fill your vacant roles in security, logistics, administration, processing, and more. My plan's operational again. Thanks, Ari's Crime Scenes Cleanup Services. Ari's Crime Scene Cleanup Services. We'll have your settlement as good as new before the next ship arrives. Cadaver Scoop 150 disposal bags sold separately. And we are back. So, I figured, I figured we'd talk about... Um, Today, we, we were having a big a bit of a conversation and there's a bit of a joke that goes around that the game's dead. I don't know if you've noticed. Game's dead, mate, right? Game's dead, mate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I thought it might be a good time to talk about any new things that we've discovered in sort of the lot, like new bits of content, new things of people talking about um, Elite um, and... All of those cool things that are, are currently happening or have been happening over the last six months or so, just sort of like proving that, yeah, some things might be be saying that the game is dead, but and and yeah, the game's been around for a long time, but I don't think that the game is dead. And here, they, here are some things to prove it. Let's flip it on its on its head and and prove it, Alec. Yeah, I just wanted to. Before we get into the list, I suppose, I did just want to speak to that and say, you know, one of the things that prompted this is that a lot of the the, the game, the recent Game is Dead Mate discussions and videos are all based on lumping together various things that have ended in mm -hmm. the last year or so, you know, third party tools that have come to an end, expeditions that aren't running anymore, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ex exactly, exactly. People drawing connections between all these things that are really, when you look into them, entirely unrelated, you know, um, and are just part of the natural lifespan of people joining and getting burnt out and leaving and doing things. 
Um, so yeah, it does seem interesting to to flip that on its head and go, what are all the new things? You know, mm-hmm. that, that, that I don't, I'm not saying they prove the counterpoint that the game is not dead, but I I think it's worth worth yeah. like pointing out that people are still creating stuff and things are still happening around very much so uh, around yes. it. Um, let's start with a very very great starting point and talk about the high wake because yeah. they've literally. The High Wake is amazing and incredible and wonderful. And for me, literally came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. I mean, I don't know how long it's been going now. It probably has been going, getting on for a year, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. But, I would have um, thought so. You no, know, and it's so brilliant. It's it's so creative. And I just think he's, um, they have nailed the kind of, some of the, just the little nuances that were always in the back of our mind about, you know, explorers or murdering tourists, or I don't know. And it's so funny. They're so personal, aren't they? they, they I yeah. think they really speak to the elite dangerous player. They're just full of beautiful little in jokes. He's also they're they're also very very good. At, like the the posts that they put on, um, like their their community page on YouTube as well. I don't know if you happen to see any of those where they're talking about. Um, Things that they, they talk about consistently, they talk about things that they love about Elite and stuff like that. And I think, I think that is, I think that's an also an added beautiful part of it. Chris, I, I've loved that they've been tying into things that are happening in game, but in the community as well. So the recent one about music was clearly on the back of the the dev stream that was focusing on music. Yes. And I, I just love yeah, yeah. that. You know, it's it's like they, they tie into so much of what else is going on outside of the game as well as the little the little things that we like to laugh at in it as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously inspired by uh, you know, looking around for ideas and they, they see that stream and think, oh, yeah, I know, I know what the next one can be. Yeah. And I think also, you know, there's a really nice style to them that means you can almost... You know, the, the, when I got them to do the trailer for the um, the last buckyball race, the last gasp, mm-hmm. I'd been thinking of making a trailer myself. You know, of this of, the, of a ship sort of going around the stations on emergency oxygen. And the minute it came in my head, the high wake is now such a sort of thing that it just popped into my head. It was just obviously a high wake cartoon. The minute I thought of it, I thought, "Oh, he has to do this." It's it's just exactly what the high wake is. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Really good. Fantastic. He did one today, didn't he, on deleting a table from a database? <laughs> I didn't understand it. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. If you haven't um, checked out the high, the high Wake, everything that we talk about today will absolutely be in the show notes. So do hop over to our website and check them out if you haven't seen them. Um, the next one that we have on our list is um, Velco Vidishas. I've definitely butchered that but probably not as bad as colin would have um velco vidish's um ship blueprints yeah that, uh, oh i, uh, I love these yeah i mean this is a lovely example of, of sort of what i was saying at the start because you know we've had ship blueprints in the past and um uh arathon arathon I, be- I believe who did some fantastic ship right did some fantastic ship blueprints and then left the game and so his blueprints disappeared i think he was very proud of them and sort of took them down which is fair enough and it's just lovely to see right okay fair enough but you know this is a lovely example of somebody new newer i assume 
stepping up and, and filling the gap and, um, you know, just continuing the legacy. And, I, well, I'm going to do some blueprints and these are, yeah, fantastic. They're genuinely fantastic. I can say categorically that until I click on the link in our, in the, um, they, I'm not going to lie, folks, this was genuinely a, a way for me to see new things that I haven't seen yet already in Elite. And um, I just got Alec to do a lot of work for me while I was streaming today and just show me cool things. Uh, <laughs> these are amazing. Yeah, if you zoom in on them, the detail's insane, isn't it? They're absolutely beautiful. The imagination that goes behind them as well is, it, it reminds me of, um, they sort of release those blueprints of uh you know, the Enterprise from Star Trek and things like that, where they go round and they explain what's on every deck and in every cabin. Mm. And I just sort of lost myself a little while ago clicking through the different ships. You know, even even something relatively small like the Diamondback Explorer and sort of going, oh, they've put a little med bay in and, and like a little crew quarters where you would eat. I, I loved it. It's, it's fascinating to look at and the amount of work that's got into them must be staggering. True story, but I've got one of those... Um flat screen TVs, um, are they called, is it called The Frame, which is designed to show artwork when it's mm-hmm. kind of in low power mode and it looks just like you've got a picture hanging on the wall. Um, I've got a few of these on it. <laughs> oh, nice. So you just walk into the living room and there's just a massive sort of DBX blueprint on the wall. Incredible. Yeah, they look great. <laughs> oh, I love them. Yeah, um, go, go and check those out there. That, oh, my gosh, they're fantastic. Absolutely wonderful. Heck. Um, moving on, um, we, I've used these before myself, um, Greybeard Seawolf um, has done, did some aerial infographics for Guardian structures, um, which pretty much speak for themselves. I've definitely used this, this is before. actually what, this is what kind of spawned me into going off and getting my, my SLF, uh, just because I was like, you know what, I haven't done that, and it just reminded me of the the joy and the beauty in the Guardian site, and the fact that no matter which bloody Guardian site you go to, it's always night time. <laughs> <laughs> no, these are these are awesome. These are essential for folk that are going about trying these things for the first time. They're really useful to help figure figure it out. I I need to do more of the Guardian unlocks. I've done the frame shift booster but I've not done any of the others really yet. <laughs> so I really need to get around and do more. Yeah. Yeah, what I, mean, I love about the, doing the Guardian stuff is the, the space relic thing where you've got to go off and charge the three pylons and then a big ball kind of rises up. No, then 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 the whole artifact transforms, basically. Yeah. And then you've got to do that, and it's like it just looks, oh, my God, it's so amazing. But just like the bloody ground sites, it was dark for me as well. Yeah, that does happen. It, that does it really happen. does. Yeah. Anyway, so... I mean, for, for people that are listening and, and maybe can't see these, I mean, the, these are basically aerial, detailed aerial photographs of the Guardian sites. And if you've been to a Guardian site, you'll know, you know, you have to find the pylons. Uh, and when you, you, you charge a pylon and a countdown starts, and so you've got to find the other pylons before the countdown gets to zero, it's quite tricky. Some of them are quite complex, and you're driving round and round and round in the dark thinking, where the hell's the bloody fifth pylon? Um, and not only that, but you have to find relics, which are hidden below ground until you get close to them and rise up. And you're also attacked by sentinels that are hidden below ground and rise up unexpectedly. 
and these are just fantastic you know detailed maps of where all those things are so you can you can go in prepared i love them it's it's also like it's it's not just a, a small example as well what he's done is he's gone this is step one, this is step two, this is step three, and all of that is all listed there. So it's not only if it is it just a, is a map, but it's also a how-to. Sort of like a, a more infographic kind of thing yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, takes like, you through it, which is useful, especially when you're doing these for the first time. Step three, when all the pylons are charged, drive to this point. You will see a geometric shape on the ground with a triangle shape in the centre. Like, that's awesome. That's like straight up doing... You, you don't have to go somewhere else to get like a proper um, confirmation of that. That's clever. Well done, Greybeard. Excellent. It's not a blue triangle. It's just a normal triangle. It's a triangle in the ground that the the relic slots into. It has to be triangular because the relic goes into it. Anyway, Greybeard Seawolf Guardian Aerial Reconnaissance photos. Fantastic. Um, we then have another Guardian Another Guardian um, thing, more Guardian structures, maps and unlocks. Oh, this is a beautiful, beautiful page um, from Commander Redim Radio Mio. Great, no one's corrected me, so we're good. Can Commander yeah, Radio Mio's guide to Guardian Radio unlocks. Mio. That sounds about right. These are just really nice little infographics, aren't they? They're not as, um, they're really simple in a way, but what they remind me of is um, when I used to, meticulously list all the cool things in my best of forum thread and incidentally on that topic that's an, it's an interesting <laughs> diversion actually but you know some of this game is dead nonsense a lot of it is down to burnout you know a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't want to go into specifics but a lot of things that, that that we used to have it's not to do with the game is dying it's to do with those people put a hell of a lot of bloody hard work into it and they have real lives as well um and eventually you burn out on this stuff so so i stopped cataloging all this sort of stuff meticulously in my best of forum thread because it was bloody hard work not because i think the game's dying i'm fed up of it but and it also got to a point where the list was so long i just didn't think it was useful anymore um impressive though it was but this really reminds me of the sort of stuff that that list is full of and which people were making um, seven, eight years ago. And it's lovely to see people still making new ones mm. that, are, that are just as detailed and beautiful as, as they ever were. Yeah, these are really pretty. These are really nice. Um, done a really good job on those. Then what I would say, it's probably a little more... Um, it's been around a little bit longer than um, than some of the things on this list. But this is um, Quiz Engine's Odyssey Map Guide, which um, I actually have a quote on the front page I've just seen. Um, it increased my murder, murder productivity by a hectare. Is this already psychic approved? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a guide of all of the... Um, that is a long... Um, a long link that has been posted in chat. I would just stick with that one. Um, the um, it is a cracking, it's a cracking guide from Quiz Engine. Um, it basically um, covers every single structure, um, Odyssey settlement structure. So it says exactly where um, where everything is. No level three credentials required to enter, and it will show you everything. Mm-hmm. 
Fantastic. Useful, because actually there's <clears throat> there's a hell of a lot of different variations on Odyssey settlements, aren't there? And more than I, way more than I originally thought. I don't know if other people agree with that, but I feel like I'm almost constantly seeing new arrangements. Maybe maybe that's not true. I don't know. I, don't, I think that I would agree that there was more than more than I thought there was going to be. See, I, I, there's six different types, and then you know. Tourist, agriculture, military, industrial extraction, high tech, and then you've got four high techs, five extractions, five industrials, five militaries, five yeah, five of each. So there's two, three, thirty, thirty different arrangements. I don't know. It's quite a lot. It's really good. It's always when I convince myself confidently that I know exactly what I'm doing, I know exactly where to switch off the alarms, and I blast through the doors and find out no. Completely different settlement type. The alarms are not there and, and cause everything to go off. I've, yeah, there's many times, many times I've done that and then I'm just like, okay, I need to open OMG and go and have a look. <laughs> and look at that again. Um, I still, I still do it. I got lost in bloody Ari's mind today and I've been there <laughs> thousands of times. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's Quizenda's Odyssey map guide. Now, the next one is again being released from when Odyssey was was opened uh, or was Odyssey like was set up. It was almost immediately after Odyssey came out. This came out, which is the Elite Dangerous Odyssey Materials Helper, which is getting if you're not using the Odyssey Materials Helper and you have any and you want to have any hope of at all upgrading your suits and your guns from the grade three by which you bought them. You're making life harder for yourself. I adore it so much. I have I have moved far away from the ED engineer camp. I am now fully in the OD materials helper. Does anybody not use it? I don't, but what I have been watching on my iPad on my commute this week is Logan Terek's um, tutorial uh, on YouTube, which is a, a long in-depth tutorial on odyssey materials helper it looks bloody amazing there is so much detail in that tool i think i'm absolutely going to have to get it it looks incredible the thing that's great about it is as i was kind of alluding to it's not just for odyssey stuff now you know, i was using it for telling me what guardian things i was missing and so on as well uh, and it also does you know I th i'm pretty sure it's like anything you need to collect shit for It'll tell you what you need mm -hmm. and where you can get it from. It's all the things now. Yeah. And even the like the most recent thing that I can think of that I've used that it added was when it added the overlays. So it has an if you this is really, really cool. If you point at an item that is in a locker when you open it, so you know when you do the data, if you have the overlays on for ED Odyssey Materials Helper, it does green and um Green if you need it, blue if you might need it, and red if you're never going to need it, those kind of things. And um, where does it display those colours? Literally on top of the um, on top of the display. King so amazing. it's just like an overlay on your screen. <laughs> right. Alec, if I'm, next time I'm doing it and you're about, like, if you're in my, in my stream and you're about, just tell me that you've not seen it and I will show you it because it is... Okay. Fluffing phenomenal. Sure. Um, there's that. But the other thing that, that that it's added, it added more recently from that, is if you're looking at something in a locker and you point at it, it will tell you whether or not you need that item that is in the locker. 
as you do like an emote point. Oh, that is brilliant. And I love that use of the, the point mechanic. Isn't as well. it just so good? It's so awesome. Yes, cool. I love that. I did not know that they had added that. that is I genius. didn't. I found out on stream and my reaction was exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you know, when you point at like uh, your ship or an MP NPC and it's somewhere in the chat, somewhere it says um, blah, blah has pointed at such and such a thing. Yeah. So I didn't realise this. Is the point emote precise enough to say you have pointed at the semiconductor coil or whatever the thing is, the little material? Yeah, absolutely. Which, wow. Oh, that's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, it, and it will tell you whether or not you need it. And this picks up on that and then mm -hmm. does an overlay. That's brilliant. Love it. So good. So, so good. Um, yeah, I cannot sing the praises of Odyssey materials help enough. It also has ED Shipyard integration which is also chef's kiss, given the fact that Coriolis doesn't update, ED Shipyard still does and has everything up to date and is, once, if you're, to, if you're used to using Coriolis, it takes 20 minutes to get, well, maybe a little longer than 20 minutes, but it takes a fair amount of time to get your head around ED Shipyard because it's a very, very different interface. But once you're used to it, it just has more information. So good. So, so, so good. Okay, next, moving on to the Defence Council of Humanity Overwatch. I do want to talk about um, Thargoid stuff as well at some point. But since the Thargoids have attacked, the um, the beautiful DCOH.watch with its information about how many systems humanity controls versus Thargoids, how, oh, it's so pretty. It's so, so pretty. What the, And the information that they have, um, real-time sort of, I say real-time, but right up-to-date information, an excellent way to keep track of what's going on, um, all sorts of active operations and things that they're, they're also doing. It's so clever and so useful in where the game, we may say... Is, that, is still a little bit lacking in showing us all the information firsthand of what we need. I think that's yeah, fair to exactly. say. I mean, it's just another great example of the, of the community stepping up to fill a fill a gap, you know, fill a void and 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 do it beautifully, you know, not not just sort of some shonky half-baked spreadsheet, but a really nice-looking website. It's, it's a really nice-looking website. It's really good. Um, it's... Uh, also, I, I want to go on a complete side note and a tangent from this. I think yesterday we we recaptured a a a system from the Thargoids. Ooh. Wow! I am I am advised. I was advised by um, Captain MD that it was done predominantly through tissue sampling. It's no way to win a war, is it? What no. the hell? <laughs> that is the way Frontier would have wanted it. My son has some <laughs> tissue samples. Sorry, that that hurt me. That hurt me emotionally. And <laughs> you're not even my son. Sorry, okay, I had to go there. I'm sorry. <clears throat> not sorry, but it's fine. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. We we um. I think I under. It is my understanding that we took our um our first system back from a, th a system that was already invaded, fully invaded and controlled by the Thargoids. We took the first one back yesterday. That was the information that I was told. So, yeah, that's right. Ben, you wanted to s say something before just... you said your nonsense. 
<laughs> so I was just looking over Chris's shoulder a second ago while he was at the terminal, and I've never seen privacy mode before. I didn't know that was a thing. You know, when you go well, and look at... Like you can't see what yeah. he's doing. Yeah. So, no, it, it literally says privacy mode on the terminal. Instead of saying late station, or instead of seeing what he's looking at... Yeah, you can't see what they're looking like, at. It just, yeah, it's, you just get a lovely little thing that says privacy. And I thought that was awesome. Oh, that's amazing! I never I knew that, so I was like, yay! What I'm doing I, on the terminals on the concourse is my own business. That's, that's what <laughs> privacy, privacy browsers are there for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah! I didn't realise that these things came with privacy mode automatically enabled. I think that's great. It's really awesome. I love yeah. that. Sorry, it's I just... I, I'm, I'm also trying to think what, um, what Frontier were... I feel like maybe they did that deliberately to protect something. I'm trying to think what you can see on a terminal that you might not Maybe people handing like. in missions for certain factions. Mm. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a tiny little detail that I'm surprised they picked up on, but it's great. Do you get to see, if you, can you go into livery and stuff? Do you get to see things like how much, how many credits you've got? No, um, well, I don't know. I mean, okay, I'm looking at, so we've got Chris looking at privacy mode at the moment. Yeah, so uh, you, you can see your you can see your credits, you can see your local reputation, and then obviously as you go through the menus, you sort of get little bits of updates. So yeah. you maybe get, yeah. I suppose if you were going to try and follow a commander or something, you get what mission they were doing next potentially. Or and if I if yeah, I'm looking right. over your shoulder, all I see is privacy mode, and I think that's brilliant. Very cool. Sorry, it's just tiny little, no, no, you know, no, tiny little thing for a dead game that I think is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, yeah, holy, holy nuts! That's so cool. I really like it. Oh no, I've got another <laughs> thing to wax lyrical about. It could, that, and, and, and I know, I know for fact. I know for fact because I can see, I can see you, Mac, in the chat going, "Oh, it's a cop out. They're just the privacy and the it, it, not a lot more work for them to show." They could, I tell you what, they could have done. They could have done nothing. It could just be a black screen. It didn't have to say anything. And the fact that it says privacy mode is just a little touch, which is really nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's extra work. I mean. It... The default would be that you'd see what the other player sees because because it's just oh, dep- part, it depends how it works. But yeah, the graphics of the environment. I mean, it's not it's not a it's a it, the screen moves in three D. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not yeah. I'm like, when, in front of you. When I'm when I'm at a screen in a um in a um if I'm at a screen in a settlement, I can be at an angle and still act- accessing that screen. Yeah. So, so if the other player would just see the same, that would be the easy thing to do. Yeah. I think. Chris, sorry, um, Chris, could you come and look at the ship thing? I want to see if you can, we can do anything with that. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. exploring these things now. Radio show while people look at screens. Yeah, yeah. It's great radio, isn't it? <laughs> so radio, so radio. As long as you're actively describing what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the next um, thing, talk, talking about things being um, being absolutely absolutely beautiful that are absolutely beautiful and amazing and things that i entirely love and i know alec is a fan as well because we will probably wax lyrical for a good five ten minutes about protocols i mean yeah just great it's just lovely again another example of just seeing new video makers you know come and go and um there's a bunch but protocols really stands out fantastic videos so stylish and um incident i can't remember the name now but i just i posted in our chat earlier on but um a similar subject but i i, I i'm still seeing new people spring up out, out of absolutely nowhere that are taking fucking incredible screenshots 
I, Twitter for me is my favorite space to look for elite dangerous screenshots yeah. or com- or elite dangerous screenshots and composites and stuff. I know I know there's a bit of an Instagram surge appearing as well, but Twitter for me you, with your likes of um, Alexa, Vex, um, I'm going to forget people. Face Sky are the three that instantly spring to mind of people who post absolutely beautiful, um, beautiful imagery on Twitter constantly. I have a whole host. It's it's terrible news, terrible news, terrible news, awful thing happening in the world. Beautiful Elite Dangerous screenshot. More of the yes. same. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's um there's so many beautiful and like they, they do people just yeah, people come and go as far as like the screenshot things are concerned. But there there are people doing things in the Elite Dangerous space right now that I have never seen before in the Elite Dangerous space. And yeah, I feel like exactly. I've been around for yeah, quite a long it, time. Exactly. It's not like you know, it it's not like um Rini and Orange Phoenix and have got sort of videography sewn up and that's it and there's no more to do. You see somebody with a new style and a fresh angle and it's it's always wonderful. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Um, and there's nothing to say that the, the folks who are, like any new folks who put out um, content in the same ilk as your long sweeping shots and the beautiful things, the beautiful things that... Uh, Rini, Orange Phoenix, Exorcist, those folks create, there's nothing to say that that, uh, anyone else coming into that mix isn't going to do better or do another beautiful thing. But the new stuff, the new exciting edits, all of those kind of things, that's the kind of thing that gets me all excited and stuff about the future for elite content. It's pretty damn amazing, you know, eight, nine years down the line to still be surprised by this game mm-hmm. and not even new stuff that frontier are putting in but to be surprised by existing stuff yeah be surprised by the community yeah mm. no it's it's the new it's exactly what you guys have said it's the it's that new look on something that you've maybe looked at umpteen different times and someone just comes with a fresh eye and you know what you said psyche about the the transitions to the beat of the music using sort of new transition effects where you're sort of cropping out bits of the scene to cut into the next. It's really, really impressive. And like you say, it doesn't take away from anything that people are, uh, the the existing creators are doing. It's just a different way of looking at it and it it keeps it fresh, doesn't it? It keeps it interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, What is next? Um, Captain Ace Rimmer's great, great name. Great name. I saw a punk cover of the um, Red Dwarf theme tune on TikTok last night, and I've had it going through my head all day. So this is a full circle moment for me. Um, Captain Ace Rimmer's Hodspace ED Utilities are back. I'm not super familiar with this. So I, it's funny, I recognise the name Hodspace. It turns out it's really just the domain where the website was being hosted. And I didn't, I hadn't made the connection with Captain Ace Rimmer, who I know on the forums. Um, and Ace Rimmer had been away from the forums, I think, for a while, and I saw him pop up in a thread, and somebody was like, oh, yes, you're back. And then there was a sort of comment about his website being back as well. And I went to my um, old Alex Best of Forum thread and dug out the Hosbase links, and sure enough, they were all broken. Um, 
Um, but it's basically being hosted on a new site now and it's all back again. So it's, you know, it's somebody returning and bringing their stuff back to life. What they, it, it's, I think it's almost entirely a bunch of search utilities, but they're bloody useful. So it's, it's all based on things sorted on their distance from you. So if you want to find, um, Guardian, you know, active Guardian sites near you or Thargoid, um, you know, bases near you or, uh, yeah, almost anything. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff in there. Then you just you just type in the system you're in and hit the appropriate button and get this fabulous list of stuff near you. It's really good. Really simple. Just just works. And I've just seen um, Jude say that it has the bearing app linked. And that is important to me. And just me, apparently. <laughs> AD Bearing Finder, hang on, wait a second, is that... <gasps> There's loads of other stuff, where is the... Oh, is this one of these, one of the um, surface... Like, yeah, you starting coordinates and the destination yeah. coordinates. There is something, there is, um, I think Canon have a bit of their, um, their ADMC app that does that in real time, the Bearing Finder. Um, I, I will message there's a command that you have to put in and it will just go you need to be pointing in this direction it's wizard and i love it and it's great it's but, just yeah. good it's just a really nice little collection of utilities and things that um yeah, yeah. super nicely laid out as well i like it yeah it's clean clean and simple it's really good really really good cool awesome We've got lots of like very very new things as well. Um, there is a new, there's a new news site. Apple um, News Radio. <laughs> what, what Alex said. <laughs> um, Bubble News Radio is a new news site that has popped up in the lot. I think they've got three episodes so far. Yeah. yeah. Just talking like. It's just like started the other day. Yeah, it feels like it. They, they're giving us news and information across the galaxy. It's been really, it's really well worked on, worked on. It's a really cool thing. I hope it will continue because it's quite nice to have multiple sources. Yeah, it's good. It, it, it's a nice mix. I mean, it's mostly, you know, um, a rereading of Galnet articles, but it's nicely read and it's very clear and and there's a, there's a little bit of spin on it. Um but then there's also some nice sort of community things thrown in as well and a, a, just a little bit of role play. So I think the system, the, the guy's obviously got a home system, you know, and so there's a nice little role play in today's episode about the uh, the news team being under attack and looking for a new home in the bubble. So it's good. Awesome. Long mate, continue. Yeah, they're like 10 minute, 10 minute or so episodes, aren't they? Something like yeah. around that? Yeah, look, oh. yeah. Seven or eight minutes. Okay, around that sort of thing. So that's really cool. That's really cool. Also... And this was something, this was a bit of information that I saw um, Jude post in the um, Galnet Discord, the Galnet um, News Digest Discord. There is a, the, according to um, uh, a commander on Reddit, there is a new EDDB being worked up. There's um, a, a group of commanders that are looking at creating a replacement for EDDB. So that's, yeah, I only saw this literally just before the show when you're posting. I, I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. no great surprise. I, I I think people love DDDB so much that it, and there's a lot of clever people out there in the Elite Dangerous community. I, I think it was almost inevitable that someone, at least one person, would have a stab at this. Good luck to them. But it's, um, yeah, I, I hope that. I, I bet things like EDDB are a lot harder than you think they're going to be. But, oh, yeah. Um, 
it's all of it, isn't it? It's you see, you see these folks come and go. <laughs> and we were talking about this earlier that um, you 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 start something and you think, oh, I'm going to do like a podcast, or I'm going to do something um, that will fit into this, or I'm going to do like a weekly series, and it's going to be great. And then you find out that it's a lot harder to keep up with something or keep the dedication up alongside everything else that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it's funny. I was just reminded um, there was a lovely quote that somebody posted in the Buckyball Racing Club Discord today that seems appropriate, which is um, it, it's just we do this not because it is easy, but because we thought it would be easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, my God, truth. that's so right. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, it can't be that difficult, can it? Yeah, we're fine. <laughs> The good thing with this that is, though, that they're sort of getting a collective of people together and they are looking for sort of recruits and stuff to join as well if they're interested. So it's not all on the shoulders of one person. Yeah. Um, which which I think makes some of these things a bit, a bit easier if you've if you've got a, a team to fall back on and help you out when, yeah. when things get a bit tough. 100%. Absolutely. For sure. Um, I have also the... the, the, um, the Last one that I have here, which is like a, te- a fully technical um, uh, a link for you. We have a, um, there's a, only in the last sort of like few months, there's a new um, YouTube channel, which is doing some incredible Elite Dangerous guides. Um, really well done, succinct guides, highly worth a look. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think, I'm really biased here, but I think there's always space for new guides on how to do things. Yeah. Yeah. Because things change, things update. Like I've got I've got a guide on on my YouTube channel which I've got it's it's just, some of the information's very, very outdated. Um this is loot and loot and grind. Um in case I, I missed that. Um loot and grind, which seems right, seems apt. Um Giving sort of um, best money making methods, how to how to make seven million with a starter ship, just like lots of um, lots of cool videos that he's um, that they that they've put out. Um, highly high, recommend checking them out and seeing seeing where you get on. There's a there is a some other stuff in there, but it's mostly elite dangerous content. Um, good stuff. And I think if we if we're talking about a game being on its last legs. I know we're we, we kind of like <laughs> taking the piss a little bit now as we're saying it, but um, if we're talking about a game being on, on its last legs, the game is only as dead as the community. And there are... The big com- Elite Dangerous community, fucking fantastic. And no one's going to argue. Um, and if you are, you're wrong. Shut up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Elite Dangerous community, fantastic. But there are also individual communities that are still doing and setting up loads and loads of events all the time um the the burr pit do events very regularly orange phoenix runs runs events pretty much every every week or so um a little known thing called the buckyball racing club that are on that do race every month who are they i, I don't know never, never heard of them i'm gonna have to well, we might do a segment on them in a little bit um like it always, it, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a little bit sort of like selfish, and then say it always surprises me when I just like uh, hop on my computer in the middle of the afternoon and I start up my stream and I'm like, I'm gonna go um, Thargoid hunting. Anybody fancy joining me? And we have twelve commanders in the instance in the middle of the afternoon on a Thursday. <laughs> you know, 
it it just stuff like that is it's it's really cool to play with the community and i genuinely with my full entire heart know exactly that that is where um elite shines yeah and continues to shine 100 percent. 100 percent. has got anything that they wish to add I can do a neat segue if you like. I, I was I was hoping to do a little roundup before we did a segue. Do it. Okay. Do it. So I am I am in a position of being acutely aware of Elite Dangerous Creations coming to an end, and I am very privileged to be in a part of one of the longest running creations, let's say institutions for Elite Dangerous Slave Radio, which somehow continues to endure. Um, we see folks joining the Elite Dangerous community all the time, and some people might decide that they no longer wish to play or even engage in the way that they just did. And while we might be disappointed, maybe we shouldn't resent them for choosing to just move on and just be glad of the time that they were a part of it. Hear, hear. Nice. I didn't prepare that in advance or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving on to the community corner. Did anything interesting happen for the community this week, Alec? Can you think yes. of anything? It did. We had a Good. bloody buckyball race and it was fan Um Yeah, my, my segue, I suppose, in the previous discussion was, was just a nice example that I was thinking of. So I sort of spoke about burnout on some of the sort of long run, running things that have faded away. Um, so, you know, I, I can talk personally to that from a, Buckypool standpoint, which is I've been doing this for a very long time. I'm, but you know, I'm not remotely the only person. I'm not the head of Buckyball. I don't, you know, lead it, but I, I, I am certainly one of the people that sort of pushes with a bit of enthusiasm to to make the next thing happen. You know, um, there's a lot of people that are very busy. Um, they love Buckyball racing, but it sometimes needs a bit of a spark to say, "Come on, guys, let's do another race." Or you know, um, with this new championship. I and I felt a little bit with the last championship. Um, I'm not saying I wanted to step. I don't remotely want to step down from doing it, but I just really wanted some other people to get the sense that they were free to chip in with their own ideas and their own races and stuff. So, so this championship has been great because, um, as a whole, it's been organised by um, Kamada Bruski, who's been a long time member of Buckyball Racing. You know, the same as me. Um, and it's lovely that he's stepped in and is and is running the championship as a whole. But I, I actually wanted to just give a personal shout out because it's such a great example to Sulu, who ran our first race that's been running all last week. Um, you know, Sulu's relatively, relatively new to buckyball racing um, and is, you know, sort of very self-effacing about his, his abilities. And but damn he's stepped up to the mark you know he's he's ran um this race the first race of the championship we've had scoreboards updates every single day i have some amazing statistics from him i mean i'm not joking when i say this is buckyball has never been more popular in our first race of the championship sulu had 137 separate submissions through his google form 40 different commanders. Um, he's had to check over 2,400 images, screenshots of evidence, including paused video screens, um, in order to do that. That's bloody fantastic and, and just such a, 
you know, such a great example of, of you know, new people stepping up and, and, and running with this ball. It's, it, I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome amount of dedication, that is. Yeah. So it's a really, really fun race. Um, we had, basically, you had to, um, we had five stations relatively close to each other, actually, all Imperial stations. And, and the race basically had a fixed start and end point. And then the other four stations uh, you had to visit in whatever order seemed best to you. Um, and when you arrived at each station, you had to do a loop around the back of the station before going in through the mail slot. Um, it turned out there was some really fun and surprisingly um, sort of intricate route planning. All those stations were very close to each other. Um, we were running the old regulation build cobra as one of the two race classes for this from last year's race and i can't remember what its jump range is but it's not brilliant it's around 25 light years or something i would say it's for at least 24 point something oh, 24.6 right. something like that was a, i'm pretty sure that's the distance in that and that jump skip i found the route plotting absolutely fascinating with the cobra because originally i'm quite lazy on this stuff i i, I enjoy flying a spaceship i always i always have a bit of a groan when you have to route plot because i think well if i don't get the best route i'm immediately losing out so i'm gonna have to try and find the best route you know um otherwise there's no point breaking my balls trying to dock 10 <laughs> seconds faster when somebody's got a minute off their time because they've got one less jump on the route um and what i found was i went initially to down to Earth Astronomy, who has a third-party site with a route plotter, and you can just bung in the five stations and it will give you a route, which is, I think, the shortest on distance. Yeah, it is. Right. Well, that gave me, I think, 13 jumps initially in the Cobra. And then I had a look and thought, hang on, and I shuffled things around and I got it down to 12 jumps. And then, yeah, and then I shuffled it again, I think, and got it down to, oh, no, I don't know what happened. I got it to 12 jumps. And one of my hops was like three jumps from A to C. And I realized I was going through one of the other waypoints on my way from A to C and thought, well, hang on, surely I should stop at B on the way because I'm literally going through really? the C. So I shuffled it down to 11. And then um, we'll have a little buckyball tip at this point because this comes up in most races. Um, the route planner plotter the in-game route plotter doesn't take into account the fact that your ship gets lighter as you use fuel so so as you use fuel your ship gets lighter your jump range goes up a little bit but the route plotter ignores that and will happily say it's going to take you three jumps to get from a to b where if you observe you know if you're on low fuel and you've got a longer jump range you can often do it in less if you manually target system so i eventually got it down to 10 and it was really good fun um that bit of root plotting i don't know how many jumps i did now i'm thinking i probably did like maybe 12 yeah because this thing every every jump every jump is 45 seconds so like i say if you're busting your balls to try and dock 10 seconds faster but you're doing 12 jumps and i'm doing 11 uh yeah you're wasting your time (laughs) get that route down so it's it's great we've had some lovely um you know comments as well from so many new people trying out the buckyball stuff and being surprised at how much they enjoyed it you know discovering a new a whole new way to experience flying a spaceship yeah Um, 
I had a lot of like because I do I do most of my elite playing is played on stream. But I had a lot of people going, uh, "Why are you flying around the station? Why are you not refueling?" <laughs> I was like, "It's bucky yeah. mate. It's, it's been really good." Anyway, let's have the results. So the final, well, uh, so yeah, the final results. There were two classes: the regulation Cobra, and then any Imperial ship you fancied. Um, no great surprise to see that the unlimited class is completely dominated by the Imperial Courier, which is a bloody fantastic ship, good range and super fast. I think a lot of the people in the top sort of 10 are getting their couriers way above 800 metres a second, 850 plus. So in the Cobra, we had 34, uh, yeah, 34 commanders entered um, in through these in reverse. Let's do the top four. So in fourth place, we had Epiphus. Uh, in third place, me, and then second place was Osric, and in first place was Skur. Great to see Skur back racing again. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. I came 12th. I'm so excited with the fact that I came 12th. That's top half. I'll take that for the first race. I'm looking now, but it's really close. You know, uh, let's see, the first place was 24 minutes, 43 I say, no, it is close. The first place was 24 minutes, 43. The last place was 36 minutes. So there's 12 minutes in it from first to last. And most of the top 10 are within three minutes, two yeah. two and a half minutes, maybe of each other. Really tight. Uh, the unlimited class, like I say, all Imperial Carrows in fourth place, Epiphus again. Third place, uh, second place is, the, is Brusky. And in first place, the inimitable Shay Blackwood. Incredible. Incredible. The time of 1601. Oh, Insane. that must, that must have killed him. That must have absolutely killed him not getting below 16. I can, well, I funny, can feel it. <laughs> yeah. You know, funny enough, in my, 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 um, my Cobra time was 2508. And the last three days, I wasn't really... The only thing I was battling was trying to get below 25. Because you get close and you think, oh, it's only eight seconds. I must be able to... <laughs> must be able to shave eight seconds i did i did two runs on sunday off stream where i did a couple more than two runs the first run i went around one way and my second to last jump had a planet in the way literally had a second um yeah, a second to last jump. very large run of the championship i was i was like are oh, you fucking kidding me and then that made yeah. me really angry so i went away for an hour and i came back and then i did it i did it like the other way round twice but i just couldn't i couldn't beat the time that i'd done the previous day and i knew i was capable of it but that's what's beautiful about buckyball you're racing yourself rather than racing effectively you if you start by racing yourself rather than racing everybody else you will find that you just get better yes Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I highly recommend everyone give it a go. Apart from on my race, when I do a race, maybe just give it a go once and then submit your best time for the week at the end of the week. Because I, I ain't looking forward I, to getting I'm it. I'm getting quite scared by Sulu's numbers now. So I'm I'm running the next one. I know what it's gonna be. Um it's gonna be a, a sort of a rerun of one from a year or so back called Thargoid Structure Scramble. Um we're basically gonna be doing a little race around the Thargoid bases. We're not going to be fully activating them and seeing the star map because the Thargoid probes that you need to do that are a bit of a pain in the ass to get hold of. And one, one of the things of planning the Buckyball race, I'm doing scouting for it this week, is 
things kind of need to be reliable to, to a certain extent. You know, there's nothing worse than trying to do a buckyball race and only one in three of the times you do it, something actually works. So, um, yeah, we can't, we can't get probes. They're too unreliable. Um, you, but it's going to be really nice because I, I, I'm seeing a lot of people, even to this day, say they've never been to a Thargoid base. Not just new players, but people that have been around a while. So it's a lovely opportunity to go and see what's inside them without too much, um, you know, pressure of having to get the probes and everything else. Just a sort of quick visit. Um, yeah, I, I don't need to say much more about it, but that will be next month. But <laughs> yeah, so in planning, what I've been doing this week, one of the things I've been really focusing on is trying to get the number of damn screenshots that are needed down. <laughs> so I don't want to look at more than I need to. <laughs> I think I've got it down um, to 10. I was just wondering, Alec, de- depending on timing, is it going to be safe around those uh, Fargoid structures around about uh, update patch time, do we think? Uh, yeah, I hear you. Um, <laughs> we'll just have to see. <laughs> yeah, un- unexpected obstacles emerging from ground. Yeah. Uh, the, one, yeah. the, the one thing I'm currently working around is when we, you know, talking about um, unreliable things being really annoying in buckyball races, Um so one of the issues when we ran this before is hyperdictions. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have been hyperdicted. Um, it's a it's a pain in the ass, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because there's so little you can do about it, and then you just sit there in a dead ship for two minutes. If you can imagine you're a race, and that clock is just sitting there going tick, tick, tick. It's ah, come on. So what I'm going to try and do is come up with a bonus so that if you get hyperdicted, you just take a screenshot of it and I'll basically give you back some approximation of the time that being hyperdicted would cost you um, and, and so that it's hopefully not too frustrating because you'll know that, you know, because you won't feel like you've that run is trashed. Okay, okay. Do we... Um... I, I, this is probably a question that you've already decided the answer to. Um, is it just going to be scorpions or scarabs going to be involved as well? You can use either. Um, yes. Oh, yes. So on, on, on this, one, one of the beauties, the reason I really liked the idea of doing this race, we, we've had long discussions this year about whether to run these races in 3.8 or 4.0, you know, Legacy or Live. Um, I feel the way forward with the game is is 4.0 like it or love it that's where the future of the game resides so we've we've sort of we're basically recommending people use horizons 4.0 which is free to everyone that's got the game um and and we won't use odyssey content um but obviously with with surface terrain we are still trying to allow console players to join in with these races we're, we're generally nervous about doing stuff on the surface because it's completely different between the two versions of the game so a, you know a race across the surface from a to b just wouldn't work because it would be flat in one version of the game and mountains in the other version of the game for all we know um, the nice thing here is that all we're driving around on in the srv is within the outer walls of the thargoid bases okay uh, and that is a prefabricated bit of terrain which is identical in both, as far as I know. Certainly not significantly different. So it's nice because it's a ground, it's an SRV race that doesn't matter which version of the game you race it in. Oh, um, sweet. And it's very short. So people that are not into their SRVs don't panic because it's, it's really just driving from your ship into a tunnel and back out again. So us folks that can fly of an SRV at 200 metres a second won't be doing much of that. 
even better. You yeah. love so, to see it. Yeah. What an equaliser. So I, I think the Scorpion would be perfectly valid, actually. Okay, excellent. That's really good. That's really good because I know um, I know that there are folks that struggle with the SLV looking at my sister. Yeah, and I'm aware that, of that too. That might be, that might be, it might be an alternative. So that's really cool. That is that is cracking. Um, I can't wait. Do you know sort of when it might be happening yet, Alec, or no? I what? do. I have put dates on it. Let me just... Um... You don't have to share if you don't want to. But no, no, no I've committed to dates. So it's the uh, 6th to the 14th of May. Okay. Cool. More details to follow. Cool. That's my birthday. Um, mostly, let's hit up Mostly Clueless this week. Whose is this? I copied it from somewhere on Reddit. Uh, it was Unwanted Foe on Reddit who did it. Uh, basically, you know, he's been playing the game for so long and he forgot, well, he, he never realised what the space compass was. The little you, ball thing? Yeah, the, the little ball thing that's to the left of your radar and points at where you need to go. Um, you know, it's solid if it's in front of you. It's hollow if it's behind you. It changes whether you're going to systems, to planets, to the ship you've got targeted, to your docking bay. It is so contextually aware. It's amazing. And it's just like, you know, it shows you where you need to go. And it's, 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 if you didn't know it and you don't use it, it's there. We love it. Yeah. One, one little extra thing on the compass, actually, which I use a lot um, when buckyball racing is. It's ludicrous, but after all this time, I still haven't memorised the positions of the pads. I don't know why. They just, they, they, they're so randomly scattered around the inside of the station, they just do not stick. <laughs> There's a few I know where they are, but um, not enough. So what I find really useful is... So so the dot points at your pad, which I think it, it does, people yes. will know. But what I find really useful is that just at the moment when you pass through the mail slot... It, it does a little jump, so I think I think when you're outside the station, the dot is basically sort of pointing in and going, it's in there. And then as you pass the mail slot, it does a little jump down to where the the actual pad is. And I find it really useful. It's like a little, an actual sort of little bit of motion on the screen that says your pad's above you or your pad's below you or... There's something about it jumping that just um, oh, really... so it, it kind of it you see it move rather than it just flick to the other spot. Yeah. I've never noticed this before because normally I have the EDMC um, landing pad plug-in helper, which is I also do too, real but great. It's too damn slow. Certainly in buckyball racing, what it used to do was it would tell me where the pad I had cancelled about th- about three docking. Really, it's yeah. it's much quicker now. Trust me, I I used it um, over the weekend. Okay, it might be my PC. But I get a lot of lag on that stuff, so it's often telling me about a pad that I cancelled ages ago. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Very interesting. Um, yeah, that's our, our mostly clueless. Um, we will we will hit up any other business. And there is business. Um, you may have heard, was it only last week that that Hutton announced that the tickets went on sale? Was it only last week? Might well have been. It was great. Okay, so the the there are ECM tickets on sale currently. Um, there are currently, she refreshes, 42 seats remaining. Um, life, the universe and everything. Exactly. Exactly. It stayed on 69 for a really long time, and I really appreciated the people who saw that number and hesitated. Um, 
So, so thank, thanks for giving me joy. Um, yeah, 42 seats left available. Um, I, I can't friggin' wait. It's going to be so much fun. Um, it, if you, if you do, if you are interested in coming, it is in... Workingham. Workingham, thank you. Um, it is in, it is in Workingham. It is, um, kind of central. Um, it, it's just going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot, I cannot bloody wait. Um, great. Yeah, me too. So, I'm going. I'm going to be there too. Looking forward to it. Yay. Yeah, team. I know Ben's not going. I'm sorry, Ben. No. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm either going to be on holiday or I'll be immediate. I'll be just back from holiday. So, hey ho. Cool. You know, stupidly, the, the, I wasn't. The day they went on sale, I don't know why. I was, I was in an odd frame of mind, and I just thought, ah, I won't bother. And then the next morning, I woke up and it's like, you twat! Why didn't you? Do- <laughs> I bet they're sold out. And they weren't, so I grabbed one. Awesome! I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to seeing folks again and um, enjoying, enjoying a tipple or seven. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great. The other thing, and this was the thing, um, the other thing that is um, is happening. Oh, it's on the 19th of August, by the way. I certainly didn't say that, did I? Okay. Um, the other thing that is also happening that was just announced really recently on um, Twitter by Frontier and on loads of other spaces, um, the you can explore the Milky Way in person at the London Science Museum on May the 4th as part of this science fiction-themed late um, that I am very, very, very excited about. I am going to go and, go. and see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm Yay. going. I'm going. There's quite a few, quite a few folks that I know that are going, which is going to be really, really fun. I cannot wait to go and see it. It looks like a really, really the exhibition there looks amazing at the moment. It just yeah. overall sounds very cool, doesn't it? <laughs> I love the science. I love the science museum anyway. It's just it's, it's a great place in jet. Just regardless of that, it's great. The last time, the last time I went to the science museum was when this is. I'm going to sound like such a frontier fan girl, um, but you know, if <laughs> the shoe fits, um, was when they did the Jurassic. They had the the um, and it was another late, and they had the Jurassic World team there, and they were doing um, they were doing um, Jurassic. They had Jurassic World, and they had all of the dinosaur ex- exhibition. Uh, out there was the science museum um it was really fun oh it might not have been the science museum i think that might have been the national, national history, history, national history more like it. but that was where i was okay i don't think i've ever been to the science museum this is very exciting this is new things science, i just learned science museum is very very cool very very cool oh i can't wait i can't wait the exhibition looks really fun and Katie's informing me that we've been to the Science Museum together. So I think it's around about the time that we're probably going to call it for tonight <laughs> before <laughs> I lose my mind. Um, but yeah, there's going to be some of the community team there. Um, they're, they're bringing Elite Dangerous with them. And there's also other exhibitions there. I know Stephen Moffat's going to be there, which is quite cool. Mm-hmm. Um I, I just got, whenever I think about it, I've just got a massive grin on my face. So Brilliant. I guess we're just going to have to let Joe Public have a look at Elite Dangerous and not just all. Yeah, let's not gatekeep it from everyone. We, <laughs> we as a community are so notoriously good at gatekeeping Elite Dangerous from everyone. Like the players who spent the last eight years playing the game all standing around and people who've never seen it before who want, desperately want to look at this one to one scale simulation, not being able to get anywhere near it. 
We need just to, just we, if we can get there, though, we do need to fly something up to Voyager. Because, you know, the Joe public won't know about that. We'll go there. We should tell him to go to an orbit over because you can get... Oh, that's not contract. nice. <laughs> one to one. one. I've, I've I think it would really I've, drive home the point, actually, that it's a one-to-one scale. I think that's a great idea. Really good point. I've been re- reliably informed by my sister that we went and watched the, like, experienced the listening post together. And I remember it now clearly. Now she's mentioned it to me. So, Is that the um, thing in the kiddies section where, like, one of you starts at one place and one of you's at the other? And you've got, like, this little... E- like, the, these... Parabolic dishes that you whisper into, and you can I hear each other. I don't think so. I think it was more of like an ex- exhibit where there was just words and okay. talking. I think, I think that's it. Okay. Um, I think unless anybody has any other business, you talking about sixty nines. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> did make me think about Elon Musk's well, SpaceX's uh, four twenty for the next launch a starship uh, they had a, a launch attempt yesterday which was unscheduled which um they basically turned it into a wet dress rehearsal because of some faulty valve and of course they're doing the next one on 420 because you know obviously elon and that, that just makes me smile okay awesome on that note um we shall move on to the shout outs our sister station, Heart and Orbital Radio, broadcasts on Thursdays from 8.30pm. You can tune in at twitch.tv slash Truckers or for just the radio at radio.forthemug.com. For the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action, you can check out the CQC Discord at discord.me slash CQC. We're also giving shout-outs to the following Elite Dangerous podcasts which have appeared over the last years or are standard regular contributors. That is The Guard Frequency who do other space games as well and loose screws following this we have the latest Gownet News Digest as provided by Commander Wotherspoon and Commander Beetlejude thank you to those who have chipped in on Twitch chat and our in-game commanders I've been given a list amazing William Solo Cold ZA Little Big Year, never heard of him um, Halo Fanatics Nopilius Mart Gamo and Sedchai I think I did an all right job of pronouncing them. I am genuinely scared about my future. Um, special thanks to Commander Tocoso, JM Trax and Alan Stroud, who created the music used on the show. That is it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you would like to get in touch, then you can find contact links in the home slash contact us menu of the elite date of, uh, of the laveradio.com website. Do let us know if you have any questions or if there's anything you'd like us to discuss in a future episode. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 p.m. And streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. Thank you to Alec Turner. Thank you. Goodbye. Thanks to Ben. Thanks, Sai. Morning. Excellent. Thank you to Chris Mark 4. I didn't bully you to come to the show. You're welcome and good afternoon. Fantastic. And a special thanks to today's tech specialist, Putnik Santiago. Good night. Until next time, Commanders, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? It's like someone having an origin. <laughs>
Digest, 18th of April, 3309. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, there's a drama in one drama. Aegis clears utopia of any hand in reanimating salvation. And the Alliance asks the Federation and Empire very nicely if they wouldn't mind not bickering just at the time the Thargoids are coming to kill us all. Azimuth Biotech. The dodgy company set up by Salvation for self-aggrandizement and the total destruction of the Thargoids has, despite the destruction of two of its megaships and death of its founder, Dr. Caleb Witcherly, also known as Salvation, retained a small presence in the bubble. It even has some support. In November, it allegedly built a new megaship, the Eternal Vigilance, with the help of members of the community in the One Drama system. However, this may have been a scam perpetrated on its supporters, as the megaship is nowhere to be found. In January, in the TZ Arietis system, Azimuth developed AX weapon stabilisers that allow up to six AX weapons to be fitted to a ship. It also has quite good shard cannons for sale at its Prospects Deep base in Mbuni. Azimuth controls three systems. Mbuni, which is an absolute monopoly, with no other factions permitted to compete, its old Taurus Mining Ventures base, Titori, and LHS 1163, which is where the glorious Prospect Megaship is based, earning a small but steady income selling Mbuni permits. Other than the mythical Eternal Vigilance and the glorious Prospect, Azimuth's only other Megaship, the Musashi, recently returned to Titori following the campaign to create the AX Weapon Stabilisers. Azimuth has no remaining presence in TZ Ariatis, but it does have a presence in one drama, and an increasing one. It looks likely that it may soon win McLean City in an election, giving it control of a fourth system. Groups opposed to Azimuth, to genocide and to the virtual reanimation of Salvation as the commander of the Guardian AI, including Operation Witch Hunt and the Children of Raxler, 
have been campaigning to stop this takeover. In fact, they think it may be possible to drive Azimuth out of one drama completely, with enough determination at the ballot box. Whether they can really do this remains uncertain. Azimuth and the disembodied consciousness of his ex-leader, Salvation, may still have enough support to flourish. Salvation's nemesis failsafe is nothing like Utopia's Sim Archive, according to Aegis. It is much, much more terrifying. Aegis sent its scientists, Drs. Fonseca and Cooper, to see practical demonstrations of the Utopian Sim Archive and to discuss Salvation's alleged nemesis failsafe with the scientists of the Utopian Commune. They went as guests of the Commune's leader, the usually secretive Sim Guru Pranav Antal who is keen both to learn about Salvation's technology and to demonstrate that it has nothing to do with Utopia. Dr Fonseca explained how the Aegis delegation was shown how the SIM archive works, copying memories into a vast database so they can be relived by other people who can experience the events as originally experienced by the memory's original owner. As part of the demonstration, other members of the delegation relived Dr. Fonseca's memories of his graduation 30 years ago. The key takeaway about the SIM archive is that it does not harm the person donating the memories, and that it exists to break down the concept of self by allowing everyone in the commune to experience everyone else's version of reality. Utopia's engineers analysed the Nemesis failsafe documents that Aegis brought with them and concluded that, by contrast, Salvation's device, if used, will have destroyed the person donating memories, and it's not just memories and experiences. The Nemesis failsafe will have extracted Salvation's consciousness completely, not to share, but to go on living in some esoteric form. Unlike the Sim Archive, it's based heavily on little-understood Guardian technology. Salvation may live on as energy particles, but it's not clear where these energy particles might be stored, or in what form Salvation might now manifest. Could he have become part of the ancient Guardian knowledge network? Aegis is satisfied that Salvation did not make use of the Sim Archive. But if Salvation's consciousness has really been extracted complete from his body moments before the Bright Sentinel was destroyed, we all may have something far worse to worry about. The Alliance is sending envoys to the Empire and Federation as concerns grow that last week's conflict between influential mining corporations Kane Massey and Torval Mining might reignite the embers of past superpower conflicts at the worst possible time for humanity. In her speech demanding Alliance intervention, Councillor Nakato Kane argued that if the Federation and Empire became locked into internecine conflict, the Alliance would be left trying to prop up independent systems on its own against the Thargoid invasion. This would stretch resources, and the significant progress made in recent weeks to slow the Thargoid's advance might be lost, at a probable cost of hundreds of thousands of lives. Kane suggested that the hawkish warmongers of Empire and Federation would be more useful to humanity if they worked their aggression out, fighting the Thargoids rather than each other. 
acceding to Kane's request, which was backed by many independent systems as well as garnering wide support from members of the Alliance Assembly. Prime Minister Mahan dispatched envoys from the Alliance Office of Diplomatic Relations to plead the cause for peace. It seems unlikely that the assassination of Kane Mass's CEO, which triggered the corporation's brief war with Torval Mining, had anything to do with Senator Torval or anyone else in the Empire. With the federal presidential election just two months away, it seems more probable that the assassination was the result of political infighting between the most influential leaders within the Federation. The Federal Intelligence Agency has yet to release its findings, following its interrogation of the suspected assassin, who was taken into custody on Thursday. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Do you know what I was thinking of, Psychic, when we were talking about the heraldry and stuff? Yeah. Was today when you were recording and it was uh, an imperial king, no less. <laughs> Yo, oh, I was yeah. just thinking of all that heraldry oh, on the uh, on the ship. I've got to go and get it and film it. <laughs> it was just when I was looking at it now, I was like, oh. It's <laughs> 100% an imperial king. Motherfucker. I don't even know whether I've got a carrier and I've got to go and buy it. No, what was it? Clipper? Did you find bodies in carpets today, Claire? Didn't find carpets, but I did find bodies. Excellent. We had like four of us all dressed up in the same outfits and just sort of like walk into Ari's mine. It was great. 